Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. You know me, my name is Victor, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Patty. Hello. <laughs> and today we are going to talk about relationships that no longer serve and how to walk away. This is one of those things that's easier said than done, right? Yeah. And yet, when someone starts to go through a spiritual awakening, not for everybody, but for a lot of people, there comes a point where you start to outgrow stuff in your life, circumstances, careers, uh, and people mm -hmm. sometimes. Because yeah. you start to grow at a rare and sort of an unusual rate, vibrationally speaking. So that's why a lot of people going through an awakening, they have a lot, they're, they're always changing. There's always big changes, mm -hmm. one after the other, after the other unfolding in their life. It's because their life is being rearranged around the inner growth they are now experiencing. And change for most people is unwelcomed it's resisted it's uncomfortable so it's not easy and when it comes to relationships i would say it's one of the hardest things to allow that process of change to kind of um go down yeah would you agree yeah so we're going to talk you know i i coach people i have two or three coaching groups at all times going on with like 15 to 20 people each and also, I, I read a lot of comments on Instagram and YouTube and, and my emails that get sent out, people respond. So what I'm saying is I recognize themes very easily because I just have access to so many of you cool spiritual folks going through an awakening. And one of the themes that came up big time yesterday was a lot of people are, go, are in, becoming aware that certain relationships in their life are not only no longer serving as if it's all about them, but destined like trying to break away like there's that awareness that this relationship is not a match for me anymore there's an awareness that you're we're clinging on to a relationship like we know that it's appropriate and right and harmonious for there at least for the time being to be at the very least a boundary if not a complete separation but out of guilt and obligation and all these other things these ties these attachments we cling but the, the clinging to those relationships can be extremely painful and stressful. And, and it just, but, but again, it's not easy. I don't mean to say these things like it's, well, you just got to do what you know is right in your <laughs> intuition. It's not easy. But me and Patty have been through this many times over and we've seen the other side of it. And the other side, of course, is more harmony in yourself, more harmony in your life, new relationships coming in that are a match for your vibration mm -hmm. that will fulfill you immensely and blow your mind. Okay, there's a lot of beautiful, positive things that come along with this. You also get to, well, I don't want to jump ahead too much. We'll get into that in a minute. But anyway, <laughs> just so you guys know, we're not just talking on our, high, our soapbox here saying you need to do this. Um, I'm going to share a quick story that will kind of let you know that, you know, Patty and I know what it's like to be in your shoes. So in high school, I had a, a big group of friends. I, I smile <laughs> as I think about them because we had so much fun, man. We partied. We got into trouble. We were really rebellious and just, man, we just ripped up the town every day, mobbing 10, 20 people deep, <laughs> rocking out. It was badass. I, I felt so close. They were like my family, man, so close with them. I was, I was gone all day, every day. I'd spend the night at my buddy Chuck's house five nights a week. We were just, it was so amazing. But 
you know, uh, there came a point where I started to go through the spiritual awakening and I started to become interested in different things. I started to really see like, you know, partying so much and getting high and drunk all the time. It was just making me unhappy more so than before. And not only that, I became aware that s certain people, like the, the, the closeness I thought I had with some of these people was not re the reality. It was, it was just sort of a, the way I was seeing it in the past was like we, we were like a family. But there were certain things that came to light that made me aware that, you know what? I don't, I don't think they think of me the way I thought. Like there wasn't that real true brotherhood and sisterhood that I once thought. And I started to kind of see like the shadows, the shadow aspects of my friends and how, you know, when it came down to it, they just weren't, at least some of them weren't reciprocating the friendship as much as I was, at least in my opinion. And regardless of who's right or wrong in the matter, it was more like I was, I knew there needed to be, I knew for me to be happy and empowered and take the next step in my life, I need to distance myself from them. And I did. I, it was, in our case, we ended up moving, so it made it kind of easy. But the, what I'm getting into is there was this one time that we came back to visit. And it was like me and Patty and like my th four or five core group of friends, real close friends. And there was a Guns N' Roses concert in town. And we were diehard rock, <laughs> you know, rock fans, especially Guns N' Roses, especially me. <laughs> Um, but we all loved the band and the whole time we were in high school, the band was separated. They were, they were like fighting or whatever for like over a decade. They were not playing music together. And it was like, we thought it was a carnal sin, a cardinal sin because they were so awesome. Well, finally, Axl Rose got it together with this other band and they went and they toured and they came to Detroit where, where we, me and Patty were visiting from Florida at the time. Um, and my friends and I, we got concert tickets. And at this point, it's been a while, maybe, a, I don't know, six months to a year since we were hanging out. Um, and I was thinking in my mind, like, this is it. This is not only the GNR reunion, this is like the reunion of my friends. Like, like I was just, I had so much hope. Like, this could be what really rebonded us. Because I missed them. I had broken away from them and I missed them. I had no guy friends, really, that were close. But that concert, to me, was like a smack in the face with reality. It's because it was almost as if when we were together... It was just more undeniable than ever, more obvious than ever that this was me and maybe us holding on to something that's no longer there. Things have changed. We have changed. The bond we once shared is no more, and that's the reality. I could literally see visually the dissonance, almost like a glitch in the matrix. Like these, There's a vibrational mismatch here, and it was just like so hard for me to accept but that night was enough clarity to where i realized like there there's just no point of holding on it, it it is what it is i'm sad but i realized the futility of hanging on but it was didn't didn't make it easy so do you have any has it ever happened to you um yeah because they were my friends you were there but you yeah. weren't as affected obviously yeah i mean of course i have my own um uh story and i have I have a few different um, similar things, relationship things like you. But one that's coming in for me is um, I had this friend who um, we were we were really close. Um, at one point, her house, um, it didn't burn to the ground, but it caught on fire and there was severe damage and they, and they couldn't live in it. 
for months and she stayed with me for like a few months um during that time uh when we were like in eighth grade so we were really really pretty close um but the the eye opener was um after we graduated from high school and this was like a few a couple of years after um i started noticing that every time she would come to my house and then she would leave it'd be like oh, okay thank god she's gone <laughs> because it was just exhausting to be around her and we still had fun when we were together and there was still that like closeness. And if I ever needed anything or if she ever needed anything, we would be there for each other. But there was that undeniable vibration, vibrational mismatch that was draining me exponentially. And, um, and that was, that was for me, the, the, um, the tipping point of making the decision that it was time to start pulling away. Um, yeah. And like you said, moving away had made it easier, um, for, for our, our relationship to sort of phase out. Mm -hmm. So, and then when we moved, we ended up moving back. And when we moved back, I just didn't regain contact with her. So for me, that was the easy, like pulling away and yeah. releasing. It wasn't like I didn't, we, she'd be like, Oh, we should, we should get coffee and I'd be like, yeah, let's, you know, let's get coffee. But then like, she wouldn't text me or she wouldn't call. So it was like a very obvious phasing out and that happened naturally and effortlessly for me. I didn't have that. Um, the universe was very gentle with me as far as releasing relationships. Well, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times life does try to create some space, whether it's one moves away or your job positions change or whatever mm -hmm. it is. You just become busier. And, and on the other the other side, usually they're feeling the same thing. Like it's becoming harder for them to reach out. They find themselves not thinking to call you, mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, but sometimes it's not that simple. Sometimes it involves family and there needs to be like a conscious break in a way. But anyway, we shared these stories. We have many others just to kind of let you know. We know what it's like to be in this situation. We've had to let go of a ton of relationships over yeah, the years. Including and, family members and, and it, for me. Yeah, and it wasn't easy. But there's a flip side. We're going to tell you the flip side, which you probably already can know. Um, but beyond that, we're going to give you five practical tips from the trenches that we really believe will help you tremendously do what you know needs to be done. Okay. Anyway, what's the flip side? Well, the flip side initially is loneliness and despair, depression. No, just kidding. It is loneliness though. Um, a lot of times we kind of like, we let go of something and there's not something right away to replace it. And then it's like this loneliness can sometimes lead us back to, to where we came because we, we deem it better than Being having lonely. nothing. Mm -hmm. But it's like, like a lot of things with involving manifestation, it, we need to create space in our consciousness, in our being in our life and and then that allows new stuff to come in but we live on earth so things don't happen instantaneously mm -hmm. sometimes rarely though um so there's that lull that lonely lull right which mm -hmm. we have both found value in sometimes this lonely phase there's yeah. loneliness does suck and i think that as human creatures we do there's like a, a an organic biological yearning for connection with other 
just at least some relationship of some sort with it, even a dog yeah. or something. Um, and without it, there is something missing. So, but, but what we found is that even though that's the case, there's good that came out of that. There's more time for self-reflection, self-discovery, really figuring out, well, who am I? A lot of times we don't have really the time or the energy to discover who we are when we're so caught up in these life obligations and relationships and careers. It's good to recluse sometimes and figure out who you are, who you want to be, become. And then you start to kind of like regain yourself. And then you get to go back into life as the like the real authentic you. And then you're more of a clear magnet for the types of relationships that are actually a vibrational match for who you truly are. Mm -hmm. And when that comes in, which is the flip side, the new, the new relationships, the new career, mm -hmm. the new life, the new harmony, the new ease, the new joy, the new fulfillment, that all comes in. And it's like, wow, yeah. holy cow, I didn't know life could get this good. Yeah, the one one thing that I forgot to mention was that um, as I was like phasing out of that friendship, I asked myself if I had met her today, right now, would I become friends with this person as she is right now? And my answer was no. And so that was like my big sign of like, okay, this has got to go. Um, but then it allowed for me to ask myself, well, what kind of friendship do I want? What kind of person do I want to be friends with? And um, that has shifted and evolved, you know, but that, that, that period of, of loneliness, I mean, that without like deep, deep friendships, that went for years. I mean, I had some friends that I could like talk to a little bit, you know, it was a surface level, surface level friendships. Um, but they helped to fill that void of, of loneliness temporarily. Um, uh, but then that, that lonely period, I don't want to say empty period because that's just sounds like, ooh. but the period where you get to decide what type of person do I want to be friends with? What type of conversations do I want to have with my friends? What type of things do we want to do? And, um, that's really beautiful to, and empowering to say like, I like these types of people and these are the types of people that I want to have in my life as a friend. And, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. The, uh, even the relationships that fade out, even if there's a lot of pain and struggle, they serve as valuable information and valuable yeah. contrast to help you really dial in on like what is important to you in a relationship, which of course is a very multifaceted thing. So that can be helpful. But uh, but yeah, the, the flip side is new people come in, man, and it's amazing. I remember I went for a little while there without any guy friends and, and I had- Because you, you had lots of girlfriends too? That I didn't know about. <laughs> no, but I had the family. See, yeah, I had the family, and I was blessed to have. I'm blessed to have you all. But uh, there was something missing. Like I needed like my boys, my, mm -hmm. my guy friends, just people I can go and you know have a different type of relationship with. Mm -hmm. Different conversations, different different levels of of understanding. You know, like as as much as I love you, and as as close as we are, 
there's a certain things that I can't fulfill for you because I am not a man and vice versa. And the same goes, yeah, for, for me. So it's, it's really, um, really beautiful to have someone of the same gender as you that you can converse with and, and get close with. Yes. Yeah. And, um, I went for a little while there to the point where I had like given up, I had like given Mm -hmm. up hope and just sort of accept, came to a, a fairly peaceful acceptance that, I guess I just won't have cool guy friends. Maybe I'm just too spiritual or something, I thought. <laughs> right? Oh, but then... That spiritual ego come in. It was. It was. <laughs> it was exactly. But I, then I met Aaron, my friend Aaron Dowdy. Most of you have heard of him or seen him or seen me with him. And then like dozens and dozens and dozens of other mm-hmm. relationships have come in. All types of like mentor figures, friends you know, assistants where I'm kind of a mentor to them, employees, um, just, just acquaintances, the people I work with, the people I run into on the street, all tends to be a different quality of vibration due to all that stuff we've had to go through and let go of and, and all the work we've done on ourselves is now being reflective, reflected in all the different relationships in our life. And when that came, when that started to happen, it, it was just so fulfilling to me. I really, it was like all the a lot of my awakening involved me wanting to be more free, to be more abundant, to have more peace in my life. Um, but like the relationships really have been what colored my life. And it was kind of like an unexpected surprise. But that's the that's the other flip side. That's the result of following your intuition, even when it means letting go of someone you know does not belong in your life anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said... We're going to share with you some tips to make this more practical and doable and and I think a lot smoother for you all, okay? So tip number one is that you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be happy. Why not? Why not you? A lot of times, relationships, not a lot of times, but sometimes we're in a relationship that once was appropriate, once there was harmony, but now it's become seen because you're waking up and you're seeing it in a different, more accurate light that this relationship is very unbalanced. It's very one-sided. It's draining your energy. It's sucking the life out of you. It's preventing you from being the person you know it's time to be. And it's keeping you miserable. So I always look at it like if it was my child and they were in a relationship like that, what would I want for them? I'd say, you deserve to be happy, honey. You deserve to fly. But when it comes to us, it's like, well, sometimes we don't think we deserve it, but we all do. Yeah. This is this kind of was what helped me close my gym. Because a lot of you know I owned a gym and I closed it down out of intuition to pursue the YouTube thing. <laughs> Won't get into all that. <laughs> but it was uh, really hard to let go of. Not only because it was like scary financially and I didn't like the idea of having to start over, but a lot of like what helped, what caused me to cling towards the end there was the people involved. Like mm-hmm. I had a business partner who was a good friend of mine named Marvin um, and my, my tra- I had other trainers and all the clients. And I felt like if I close this down, if I leave, then this, it's not going to be around anymore. So I felt this real strong guilt and moral obligation to keep it going. Um, but But eventually it was just shown to me that in spite of that, energetically, it was becoming impossible to hang on to. It was it was sucking the life out of me. And it was making me miserable. And therefore, I was sort of a, became kind of a snappy, 
asshole father and kind of an absent, you know, aloof sort of husband. And it was just, just, I could not deny that I was just clinging onto something that didn't belong and it wasn't right for me. It wasn't right to my family. And it came to the, I realized I'm a young man. I, I deserve to be happy. And I know that my higher self, my intuition would not lead me away from this if there wasn't a greater good underlying that decision. It wasn't just me selfishly pursuing my hobbies. It was like there was a spiritual force saying, you got to let this go because there's something, another step to take in life that you have to do. And it's going to be better for on all levels for, for you and for everybody. It's not good for them to cling and uphold this dying structure that that is not really in harmony with the force of life any longer. And I deserve to be happy. They deserve to be happy. I deserve, you know. So anyway, that was my rationale. Some might say, well, you're an asshole. But that was sort of what went on in my head. And I concluded that I deserve to be happy. And I think that sort of notion can be applied to a lot of relationships, yeah. in particular a toxic one. Yeah. Um, and also, too, I want to add that um, you deserve to be happy, but everyone else deserves to be happy as well. And if you're feeling that there's a relationship that needs to be let go of, or if you're in a toxic, uh, abusive relationship or friendship or, or any of those things, it's not good for them either if you keep clinging. So it, it's it's better for everyone involved. And even just as a side note, his gym, the people that were really being helped actually started phasing out. They wouldn't show to sessions, yeah. or they were too busy with work, so they couldn't. They'd have to cancel. It was it was um, a lot. It, it was yeah. It, so it was it was phasing out on all levels for for everyone else too. So yeah. you you weren't just being a selfish asshole, just right. So you, I agree. So you don't have to carry that. But um, but yeah, it, it's it's in your best interest for you to be happy because then other people it gives them permission to be happy themselves too. Yeah, you know, I agree. You know, like when you were like, you deserve to be happy. I just thought, oh man, I'm, I'm just going to drink that in because that's so, so powerful just to know and say, I do deserve to be happy because a lot of us settle for jobs we don't like or friendships that are mediocre, you know, but not super fulfilling or relationships that maybe we're not as... Uh, you know, to our best potential, you know, if somebody, if you're in a, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're in a relationship with someone that, um, and, and it's toxic for you, it's toxic for them. It's not, you're not in the relationship alone. It is toxic for them too. So really by you saying, I deserve to be happy. You're also saying you deserve to be happy too. Yeah, I agree. I agree fully. Yeah. I just felt like I went on a rant. That's okay. <laughs> Rants can be good. Um, so number two is it's okay to feel sad. Mm. That I think is what prevents a lot of people from moving on. I remember, and it's like a lot of things in life. Like I had a gym. I'm going back to this. And this is more of my relationship with the gym itself. It was a, a true creation of my, my heart's passions. That whole gym, everything about it at least in the beginning. 
So I knew it was time to fade away. I knew there was something else I wanted to do that was exciting, that was like better, you know, the, the YouTube thing. And I just felt called to do it. Um, but I'll never forget what it was like sitting in my car or my truck or whatever um, when I went and like put the keys in the empty shop. I like opened the door, put the, key, the my keys in the empty shop, kind of tossed them in there and left and closed the door for the very last time. I was very sad. But that is not necessarily a reason to not do that because that chapter was closing. And if it wasn't for me accepting that, I would have never done a lot of the amazing things I've gotten to experience in my life, like starting a YouTube channel and reaching people like you with this podcast and meeting all these cool other people. Um, and my life has blossomed from that point forward so powerfully. But, but the reality was it was sad. There's a part of me that misses the gym and feels like, you know what? That was an amazing time. All the, the fond memories that were created and experienced there, those are very real and very valid. But, you know, it's, uh, it was just time to move on. And, and, and the sadness was very short-lived and soon replaced with excitement and passion and a, a new mountain to climb. And it was uh, once but... But in the past, I would let that sort of stop me from moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, and this might come as to good news as good news for a lot of you, is that goodbye for now doesn't always mean goodbye forever. And we've seen that a lot in our life, have mm -hmm. we not? Yeah. Sometimes it's appropriate for for you and for them to just to set a boundary, create some space or whatever. Um, but that doesn't always mean forever. Yeah. A lot of times the two parties will go off and in their separateness, they'll experience certain growth, uh, growth spurts. And then, and then sometimes you can kind of come back together as new, more, more fully aligned and authentic people. And there can be a kind of a rekindling of that relationship. Sometimes the rekindling is, is uh, with a different distance or a different boundary. Mm -hmm. But regardless, goodbye for now does not mean goodbye forever. We've seen this a lot with with our friends and family from back home mm -hmm. we there was a there was a time where we knew we had to move away we knew we had to move away we knew we needed the boundaries we knew we needed to work on ourselves mm -hmm. but to our own surprise we found ourselves like able to kind of go back and, and develop relationships once again with these people who we had sort of like parted from temporarily and it's a better relationship all, all that drama all that like angst and the, in, the energetic imbalance and the unresolved issues were gone and there was just a pleasantness of having these people in our life. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, I have a, a story. Please, please tell. Okay. So um, I, um, I have a, a two sisters, but one of them in particular, I'm going to share a little story. So hopefully it won't be too long. But um, one of my sisters uh, got married. And, um, I was her maid of honor. My other sister, um, was stood up in the wedding as well. And during the reception, we were having drinks and, um, I don't know even what happened at this point. Uh, it's been many years now, but, um, my sister, not the one who got married, ended up getting upset with me about something. And she was yelling at me in at the wedding reception yelling at me in my face so close I could feel her breath on my face that's how close she was yelling at me and I just was like 
so taken aback. I had, I didn't even know what to do. I came home, I was crying (laughs) because I was just so upset by what had happened. And, um, I sent my sister an email because it's obvious, it was obvious to me at that point that, um, she had some serious resentment for me that I knew nothing about, um, and still don't to this day. Um, and we didn't speak. She didn't, I don't even know if she ever got my email. We never spoke of it. Um, but we didn't speak for an entire year. And in that time, that was the, the time that was necessary for us to separate because we at one point were really close and I was, I was kind of entangled in, in, the, in her life um, and the dramas and things that were in it. But, um, it allowed for me to do my own personal growth and do my own personal work. I don't know if she ever did any work, but that's not my, that's not for me to say whether or not she needs it. That's her choice. Um, and when we finally talked again, we just, we didn't even speak. She just looked at me and I looked at her and we just hugged. And that was like our rekindling of, of our sister relationship again. <clears throat> now, having said that, it is with a lot more distance and boundaries. We, I, I am not at all entangled in her life. Um, she doesn't call me if she's having any issues or, and I don't do that with her either. Um, but when we're together, it's really great. We, we can just chat about what's going on in our lives and have a really beautiful connection that is really what it should be, you know? Mm -hmm. So whatever, if she had resentment for me or she was able to either release that or not allow for her resentment for me to cloud our relationship anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Perfect. So you pretty much summed that up nicely. So I'll move on to the next one, which (laughs) you kind of already stated, but it helps them as well. Right? Yeah. Like hanging on out of guilt and fear, it almost reinforces a state of consciousness that's sort of driving you away in the first place. And if not for you, you know, with your example, like shedding light on that by, you know, it it gives them the opportunity to look at themselves. Why Mm -hmm. would this person leave my life? Mm -hmm. And then there's at least a chance for them to look at themselves and and learn and grow and maybe not push away other important people in their life or even maybe change so that allow you to feel like it's okay to come back. Mm -hmm. Right. Was that the case with you and your mom a little bit? Yeah. Um, I forgot all about that one. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, my mom and I have always had sort of like a strange relationship. Um, but, um, when we find, I, when we moved to Las Vegas, um, I had a, um, I don't know, a, a revelation, I think would be the best way was that, um, and the revelation was that because I completely cut her off. I wasn't like, I wouldn't respond to her texts and it, you know, and I, I realized that's not good for her either. So I, um, decided that it would be a good idea to, to start calling her like once a week. And that lasted for three weeks in a row. 
And the third, the first time was, oh my God, we talked for like two hours. It was great. Um, the second time was not quite as long and not quite as great. And the third time was the reminder for me to why I stopped doing that. Um, and, uh, then I just stopped, I stopped calling her as much. And, um, I think because I had called her the three weeks in a row, that was an opportunity for her to, to really get to, um, get to know me, meet the new you, get to know who I am, you know, as a, as a, as a adult woman, mother, wife, friend, daughter, um, because she never really got to know me. She had her own, uh, view of who I was and it wasn't at all accurate. And, um, so, uh, flash, flash forward, fast forward, (laughs) fast forward to, um, February, my mom and my aunt came to uh, visit and, um, I, we saw them every day for a few days in a row. And before they left, my mom was saying goodbye to me and she, um, said, you know, I, um, you have a really beautiful family and a beautiful home and your kids are just amazing. And, um, I want you to know I'm really proud of you. And I also know that you basically raised yourself. So basically what she was saying is that I see where you are at and I know that I really didn't have much of a part in you becoming as, as great as you are in her mind, you know, is is what she was trying to say. And as a narcissist codependent, that's like unheard of. So in the, the three years that we've been living in Vegas and I've had that sort of distant relationship, but still connect, still connecting with her because it's when I cut her off, I realized it wasn't fair to her. It, it, and she didn't even understand why I cut her off because as a narcissistic codependent, they don't even think they have anything to do with that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, it was a really beautiful opportunity for her to look at herself and where she's at in her life and, and see, um, you know, where she, I don't want to say where she went wrong, but I know that's where she's looking at it from Mm -hmm. because I don't look at, at anything that she did as wrong because for me it's, it helped make me who I am. So I'm like grateful for that, you know? And, um, yeah. So, I mean, that was a really powerful, now not everyone who has a narcissistic codependent mom is going to have that same experience, but, um, but just as an example, that was her chance to look at herself and look at where she ha- had a part in, in my life and what she was responsible for or not for. And, um, Yeah. Yeah, you at least gave her the chance, mm-hmm. and and yeah, so that's a that's a great example because like the the amount of transformation that she experienced as a direct result of you simply following the flow of your own intuition in regards to where your placement within the relationship is appropriate um, was potentially very life changing and transformative to her as a person and a soul. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I do want to add too, she did have her own. Um, things like she, she had cancer that she survived from. So there was, uh, she also moved and, and, um, um, houses. So she had been looking at, 
you know, old pictures and things like that. So she, she had, um, a lot of big shifts in her life that helped to facilitate her own personal growth in that. So, sure. so, um, but if you were to stay yeah. like the same and just sort of under her wing the way she had preferred years ago, oh God. The, the transformation very well could not have been to the same degree, I would think. Yeah. Well, if I hadn't done my own personal growth, there would be zero relationship with her because I would still resent her. Ah, so there you go. That, would yeah. be, that would be where I would have cut her off completely and we wouldn't speak at all. But that yeah. doesn't serve me. That wouldn't have served me at all. That would have just been me holding on to the resentment of, of you know, my upbringing. Yeah, yeah. And then lastly, one final tip, just a word to the why, something. Because for me, there were many people that faded out of my life. And it became, in a sense, easier because I sort of understood the process. <laughs> mm -hmm. I could recognize the signs and it be, I became a lot faster just to, to let go and move on knowing it was kind of inevitable. Um, so I got to a point for me where I was like almost too cold about it because I was able to see it from a spiritual perspective, at least for a while there, where I knew it was appropriate. I knew we had the, the, the souls came together for the time being for a certain and, purpose. and it's okay to move on. But, I, but what I failed to really keep in mind was that not everyone saw it like that with such acceptance, you know? Mm -hmm. And there was this one time where me and Patty were living in Florida, I had a float guy. Remember the float guy, I mean, I Emmanuel. The he 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 had a sensory deprivation tank in his house. He was my float guy, and I go see him once a week, and we talk. He was like a, a spiritual coach to me in a sense. He was a Kundalini. Um, he had a Kundalini awakening, and he was a Kundalini master. And anyways, really really cool dude. And we developed kind of a relationship for a while. He was like the only person I could go and like talk about my experiences with. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, there's this one time I went to his house and I sat down and I was like really in a good state. I was feeling very tapped in, very clear, almost abnormally so. And I could tell that at least at that time from my perspective, my presence in that moment triggered him and I saw his ego. I saw how like I was triggering him where some of the things I was saying, he almost responded with a little bit of like uh What's the word I'm looking for? He responded with almost like, I can't think of the word. Like he was triggered and almost like um, envious, envious, which led to him like almost like, like mocking what I had said. And anyway, it was like just very clear the way I could see his ego. And it was the first time I ever saw it. So I never went back. I never went back to see him again. I, I didn't respond to his emails. I just said, oh, he's not meant to be in my life. I don't like what I saw. I'm done. Um, and anyway, not that he was probably horribly broken up about it, but I'm sure he was like, what, what was going on what with that? Heck? That's not, you know, he probably didn't know what to think of it. So I realized that it's not cool just to break away so quickly just because it becomes easier. Um, so eventually I reached back out to him and sent him an email and apologized and I don't know. He responded. I don't remember what he said exactly, but it felt like the right thing to do. But I, I learned from that circumstance to like be real compassionate with the way I, for me, like I let people go mm -hmm. and sort of really becoming mindful of where they're at in their journey and the way they probably see the situation and doing my best to, to make it as smooth and, and kind for them as possible. Yeah. So anyways, my friends, this is not an easy thing to discuss because even with all these tips and all these experiences and the understanding that new stuff comes in, it doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make it easy. 
But in the end, it's for the best. It's for the best you, for the best them. It, it puts us all back into alignment with like the whole, with, with, with God, if you will, with the, the cosmos. And in this wholeness, life is at its, it's like best case scenario life on all levels for, for you and for them. And you never know what the future holds. Again, a lot of our relationships have come back around and there and there's the more joy and harmony. Yeah. Um, and the but, relationships that we do have are so deep that the, the friendships that I have now, I don't even like to call them friendships because they're so deep. It's like we've been we've been on the, I know you, you know, that like, yeah, you, I've, yes. I'm, we've done this before, like not in this life, but in a past life or something, you know, it's, it's, it's so deep and so, so meaningful. And there's just so much like genuine love that's involved. And it, you know, you can't put a time frame on when that's going to come into your life. Just allow for it to come in. Yes, exactly. And it reminds me of, remember when uh, my friend Drew Canoli came to our retreat last time mm -hmm. and he spoke and someone asked him, I think it was Ingrid, asked him about like family and letting go of family or something. And because and she asked him because Drew had shared that he had really, he had to be rescued from his family at like five years old. Yeah. The things that he endured, I won't even get into on this podcast. It's so dark and so twisted. Yeah. And it's a miracle that he is who he is. But anyway, someone asked, like, well, how do you, like, how do you cope with that? Like, not having a family. He said, well, what did he say exactly? It's very beautiful. He said, like, I, I find new family every each and every day. Yeah. And he was implying that he has a lot of people that have come into his life that are soul family. There, there's that depth. There's a, there's a legitimate soul family that exists on the planet. And some of you are with them now and don't even realize it. And some of you are, have yet to reunite with them. But it's a very real thing and they are on the horizon. And they will come into your life, but you do have to let go of what you know no longer serves you first. That is step one. But the, the result is, it's just like, it's a divine joy. It's a, it's, it's, it cannot even be put into words how profoundly beautiful it is to, to, to meet someone and to feel that depth of soul-like love for them yeah. and have many people just like that in your life where you just know you've traveled through worlds and dimensions and lifetimes mm -hmm. after lifetimes after lifetimes together. Yeah. And that's what awaits you, my friends. Yeah. And I have been, I've been saying for a long time that just because someone shares your DNA doesn't mean that they're your family mm -hmm. and um, your soul knows who your family is. Yes. And when they come into your life, then the mind knows. Yeah, the mind gets on board, yeah. But uh, anyway, my friends, we wish you well. Have an amazing time until we see you next. <laughs> Much love to you all. Thank you for all your support. Thank yeah. you for listening. Thank, Thank you for you the, the reviews you leave on Amazon. Or not on Amazon. Yeah, what? <laughs> iTunes, rather. Um, they help the podcast grow, and we appreciate yeah. it. Thank you guys Until next so time, much. namaste. Namaste.